Then I read again the story of sin and why he died for me. Now I can see just why it had to be for the cross was the place and I, I am the reason for me he carried the old rugged cross for me he bled and died Just why it had to be for the cross was the place and I I am the reason for me he carried the old rugged cross for Just why it had to be for the cross was the place. Yes, the cross was the place for the cross was the place. Just why it had to be for the cross was the place. Yes, the cross was the place for the cross was the place.
Jesus I shall see when I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace and then he'll take me by the hand and lead me through the promised land oh what a day glorious day well praise God thank you Jesus thank you Lord oh what a day When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, and then he'll take me by the hand and lead me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. sorrow there oh no more burdens to bear oh no more sickness oh no more pain and no more pardon over there oh then forever I will be with the one who died for me oh what a day glorious day
the bit of tribulation and sorrow and in this world we're living we're not promised a tomorrow but deep inside my heart flows a cool calm river and it flows so sweetly and Jesus oh he's the giver
I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to come out of this boat I'm in. Onto the crashing waves, to step out of my comfort zone, to the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. And he's calling out his name. The waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me. Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The waves that keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you'll never win. You'll never win.
I think as I was watching as they dismissed for junior church, I think I wanted to do the message back there because I think two-thirds of the congregation went back there. There must be something really exciting going on with junior church. So I think that's, but uh, we're glad that God's allowed those for us to be here today and be together. So you obviously can tell Brother Tim's not with us today. He's on vacation. We pray that he and his wife are having a wonderful time. Um, I want to thank the Lord for what he's done already in this service. All my favorite singers sang today. And if you didn't get to sing you sing next week, you're my favorite singers too. But uh, I really enjoyed what God brought today through the music. And um, not to try to sidebar us, but 
we've been told since I remember coming to this church that if you come here three or four times, you, you, we keep you, right? So, Brother Tim, stand up, raise your hand. You don't have to talk. Tim's been here three, four, five times. This is Brother Tim. Leslie? And your wife's name is, is it, I'm going to get it wrong, is it Foray? And God bless them. So we're keeping them now. They've been here three or four times, so you're not allowed to go nowhere else. You're ours now. Let, Brother Leslie, and they came all the way from Jamaica, so they got a long drive, so we have to keep them. It's really tiresome for them to keep going and back, so, you know, glad they're able to be with us today. The song service, is like I said a long, long time ago, I've never believed in preparing or trying to orchestrate what God would have us to do, but I thank the Lord for what he did today in this music and how that it blessed and encouraged the heart. Sister Sue, if you would have turned to page two of my notes, you were doing my message, so God confirmed that. But I would pray today what God has given would be something that would be edifying unto this church. Today what I'm going to do is a little bit pastoral, and I am no way, shape, or form saying your pastor. I talk to my pastor and ask him if it's okay if I do this topic and preach on this, and he said it's completely fine. So I'm not getting out of authority. I'm not trying to take a position of pastoral lead or anything. Please do not misconstrue anything like that. But it's a little bit about the foundation of the church and what we are. So Pastor Tim's cool with this, okay, guys? So I'm not usurping any authority or getting out from underneath his leadership or sidebarring anything. But I wanted to ask you this morning, if you can, turn your Bibles to Matthew 5. That's where we're going to be a little bit later. But I wanted to set it up with a little bit of an example that I think kind of fits. You know, y'all know I'm not Mr. Smart about everything. You know, my wife, my, my wife and my mother both have confirmed the same thing. I got a lot of book smarts, but I don't have a lot of horse sense sometimes. Is that what you call it? You know, and uh, I was doing some things around my yard. And one of the things, we had a tree cut down years ago. Now, I know that when you have a tree cut down, I'm not this dumb, that you know, eventually you want to get that stump removed, okay? And we had about a stump about four inches above ground. But the problem with this stump was it was in a bad spot in our yard. We have underground utilities where I live. So all the wires and the electric and the cable and all those things were right near that stump. So obviously, I just couldn't go out there and say, Mr. Stump Removal Guy, take it out. So, you know, you try to call the city and all that stuff, and it just seemed to be an issue. Well, I just kind of adopted that little stump and decided I was going to use it. So it was my chopping block, and it, I used it to split some wood. And, so, and it was out there, and, and it had the appearance of life. It really seemed like it was, you know, pretty sturdy. But I noticed that also there was a lot of growth that started getting around it. There was some wild-looking flowers and even some mushrooms. Now, I know you city boy, you country boys will say, well, duh. Well, what I didn't know was it had the appearance of life, but it was dead inside. It was rotting within. So I went out there a couple weeks ago, and I'm glad it rotted out because I, I tell you, I went out there a couple weeks ago, and I, and I kind of did something, and I kind of stepped on the corner of it, and it broke off. Boy, in there for a moment, I said, boy, this thing is pretty soft. And I got down and I felt it. It was like just almost like falling apart, real soft and real fibrous. For a moment there, I thought I was strong as Corey, buddy. I was in there ripping it apart with my hands. I felt like Corey. Ooh, yeah, I'm strong now, but I'm big core. But it was all dead inside and rotten inside. And, and, it, and it had the appearance of life, but it was dead inside. 
It had the appearance that it was still valid, but it was dead inside. And that's what I'm beginning to see in the many of the churches today, not saying full gospel assembly, not picking at us, I'm talking about Christendom as a whole, there is the appearance of life, but it's dead inside. It's the appearance of life, but dead inside. You know, I, I told Sister Sue this already, so she, I told her a week or so, two ago, just talking, you know what the problems with the churches today is? The church today. That's the problem. The problem with the church today is the church today. We, we're creating our own issues and our own problems. And we need to realize that the, I read a quote from someone, and this kind of shook me not to my core. I expected it. But one of the great things that they were talking about, it says, a quote from an evangelical Christian organization said these very words. The church in America is in the midst of a wholesale generational cultural and doctrinal transformation. Everything is changing. Everything that was at one time is no longer valid. The top ten things in the church today that they look at will amaze you and shock you. And Sister Sue, like I said, you already talked about the many voices that we are hearing from outside the walls and some within the walls of things that are of debate within the church world. I believe if Jesus stood outside and saw the church of his, uh, that claims to be of his name today, he would not act, even recognize most of them. He would not even recognize them. In fact, and I know we can get theological here and argue that the word church and all these things, and, but you know, most of them, they don't even call them churches anymore. They're campuses or, or this or that. They don't even use the word anymore. Some could be perhaps called the church of compromise. Some could be called the church of loose morals and loose values. And I see it in evidence of so much and so many lives. And Connie, you talked about in Sunday school this morning, you know the root because you see the fruit. And I tell you what, there's nothing that breaks my heart as a man that walked with God to the best of my ability for my whole life. But to see and, and witness those that claim the name of Jesus Christ. And, and, and see either or hear about or know about it. And you know, you try not to listen to or... Or, or listen to every winds of this or, or these things. But, you know, I, I'm really tired of seeing those that name the name of Jesus Christ with booze in their hand all the time. I'm trying to see those that name the name of Jesus Christ that are living and showing themselves unhonorable in their appearance, not only to themselves, but to God. I'm tired of seeing those things. I, I'm tired of seeing those that are frequenting places that they don't belong. You're going places in the church world today, and this is not at full gospel assembly, so don't think I'm pointing arrows. But as a whole in the church world, we're attending and going to things that we don't even belong. I think of those in my family, and I look at them, and I see them, and, you know, I, I know they're eternally secure and all these things, but, you know, I just want to scream out to my, my nieces and my nephews, you don't belong to that country club with that tequila in your hand. You don't belong there. You don't belong at that tattoo parlor, a young lady having tattoos up one side, down the other, back around their side on the front, left, right, and purple and green and orange hair at the same time. I'm sorry. I'm not judging, but it just doesn't seem right. Maybe I'm old school and I'm just an old guy and you all just want to throw me out. 
Much like the churches in Revelation, the Lord says, I have somewhat against thee. Thou hast left thy first love. You have allowed the doctrine of Balaam, the religion for profit, to enter in. And the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, false priesthood and loose morals to enter in. You've allowed false teachings. Strongholds are falling down. But you need to strengthen that which remains. Because you've grown lukewarm. He tells us that in the book of Revelation. The Lord is trying to tell us, and what I want to talk to you about this morning, and I hear from my loved ones, and I hear from my family members, and I hear from those that are of a different generation from me. They say to me, or they might say to others, well, it's a different world now, Papa. Or it's a different world, DJ. Things aren't the same as they used to be. You know, what you all stood for, really things have changed. It's not like that anymore. It's different. You know, and the top debates within the church are the things that they tell me and want to speak to me that are different. You know, we may look at something and say, well, that is not good for your life. And the Lord says that is, is sin. Well, sin ain't what it used to be. You know, it's different now. You old folks, you guys got it wrong. It's changed now. Sin ain't what it used to be. I mean, I joke around at times, and my wife and I, and, I, and I'm not doing it in a degrading way, but I talked to her, and she told me about some of her childhood, and, and I, she, I, you know, she would tell me things and talk, and I said, what did you do? She said, hon, I didn't do nothing. Everything was sin. Everything. We just went to church and came home. Everything else that wasn't that was sin. So you didn't do nothing. You didn't roller skate. You didn't go down to this. You didn't do that. If you, and she told me a story the other day, and I, I hope that I, she said I'm not allowed to talk about her, so I'm just going to skip that. <laughs> I, I'm doing good. Get right off of that. But everything was sin. So I'll talk about Savannah. Savannah, no. She, she said she don't mind if I talk about her. She said, because nobody knows who I am anyways. But everything, but in our days, the modern debate within the church is nothing is sin. You've seen it and you know it. If you listen to the voices, nothing is sin anymore. It's all to your interpretation. To him that knoweth good and doeth not, to him it's all right, go ahead and do it because it ain't sin. The sexuality is under debate. That's one of the top debates within the church today. The LGBTQ, XYZ, I don't know how many letters they got now. That's all in debate whether that's right or wrong. It's a debate within the evangelical church. The cross is in debate, Bobby. They're taking it out and taking it down and taking it away. We don't need that thing anymore. We don't need that cross you know, a lot of us would think that the problems within the church today is whether there's black walls or this, that. Those are way down at the bottom of the problems. Those are all just a subset of what's happening up top, I believe. You know, the style of worship or the style of music, everybody debates that. Well, is it Southern Gospel or Contemporary? That's one of the things that like 500 things down at the bottom, it don't even matter. If it magnifies the Lord and brings out His name and brings glory to Him, I want to hear it. I love hearing Sky sing. Shiloh, I love hearing Shiloh sing. Those aren't played at the Southern Gospel Convention, but they're godly songs, and they're sung from their heart. And they're brought out with a spirit of honoring the Lord. Sing them all day long. I love them. 
Bible is in debate. Whether it's God's inspired word or just another book. Many aren't even using it anymore. They're using self-help books and, 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 and guest speakers at their campuses. I read and was looking online, and I would, sometimes I shouldn't, but I would, a friend of mine was talking about it and looked online. There was a controversy with one of our local churches about the guy coming up and speaking about the LGBTQ community. And I think he got up and got a little old-fashioned on them and told them it was wrong. And their church was so upset. And they were online throwing a hissy fit about it. I know that's an old country word, hissy fit. And they were so upset about it. My little four-year-old is transitioning. And he heard that and he was so, your four-year-old transitioning? When I was four-year-old, I wanted to be Batman, and the next day I wanted to be a puppy dog, and the next day I wanted to be Spider-Man, and the next day after that I wanted to be Superman. I didn't know what I wanted to be at four. But this mother was online and throwing a fit about saying, my child heard those hurtful words about you. He's in transition. He's four. He's four. He don't even know. But it's in debate because they're not using the word of God. And I can go on in the blood of Jesus Christ is in debate. But I don't even need that. <laughs> Why you don't need that bloody religion? That the church is now more of a study in self-morality, not salvation. It's not about redemption. It's not about restoration. It's not about sanctification. It's not about holiness. And it's not about godliness. Because the problem with the church today is the church today. It's awful quiet. It must be me. The church is a social organization for people who want a social experience. Jesus is just a good guy. Just another guy was just like all the other guys. He's a good teacher, brought out some good points. All these things are in debate. Sister Sue told us she's about the voices that we are hearing, and all of you are hearing all of these things. You're hearing them. I know you are. Well, one of the most comical things, I don't know if y'all heard this, I heard on, I don't know what news channel was on, but they're having this big debate whether it's good to take a bath or not. It's a bit, Hollywood is debating whether it's good to take a bath or not. They all need, I tell you what, when I'm stinking, I need a bath. And when you're stinking, you need a bath. It's no debate. If you're walking around and there's flies buzzing around you like and, 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 and dust splattering off you and you look like that little Peanuts character, Pigpen, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to hurt you, but you need a bath. You need a bath. But it's a debate now whether you even take a bath or not. We hear all these voices. We live in a world where the churches should perhaps be called not full gospel assembly. And again, I'm not talking about us but many of them will be called the church of compromise assembly or the church of keep what we like and throw out the rest. Jesus ran into some of the same problems in Matthew 5. That's why I asked you to turn there today. In Matthew 5, at the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus was presenting unto the Jewish nation the gospel of Jesus Christ and offering them the kingdom. Okay? He was offering them the kingdom of God. 
He said, blessed are you, and in the words, if you look at it, fortunate are you that you hear these words today. Because if you come to me in a humble spirit, and he talked about all the beatitudes and all the things he was offering unto them the kingdom of God. And he expounds upon them the Sermon on the Mount, and we're all familiar with it, and for the sake of time, we don't have time to read it all today, but he talks about those that are poor in spirit and those that should mourn or repent, those that are poor in spirit, those that are bankrupt morally, and those that are meek, and those that hunger, and those that are merciful, and the peacemakers, and blessed are you if you realize this, because today the kingdom of God is being offered unto you, and if you accept this, you will be blessed. You will be honored. You will be what God would have you to be. You will be that salt and that light that he talks about in verses 13 through 19, uh, through 16. You will be that salt and light. He says, I've not come to destroy the law, but I've come to fulfill it. I've come to take it from legislation to application. Jesus took the law from legislation to application. It was no longer about talking about it. It was about doing it. It was no longer about this, but about that. Talks about murder, adultery, divorce, oaths, retaliation, love, almsgiving, prayer, fasting, wealth, on and on. But within these passages, I notice a key phrase that kind of caught my attention. Because he says, if you look like in verse 21, you have heard it said, but I say unto you. In another passage, he says, you have heard, but I say unto you. He's talking about the things that they had heard in their life, but he was trying to apply it in a new way. You've maybe heard a lot of things in your life, but I'm telling you, we need to be to have these things applied to our life. The Sermon on the Mount was the same as what we are experiencing today. They may seem to be different, but at the core, they're the same thing. Hearing, but not doing. I say when I'm down at my work, when we try to teach something new, I say they either don't know, they don't care, or they're not able. If they don't know, let's inform them and make sure they know. Chris, like business stuff, you know, like policies and procedures. First of all, if they don't know, let's make sure they know. If they can't, let's teach them to do it. If they don't care, then that's another issue. You may not know what the Word of God says. I'm telling you today. Brother Tim's been telling you forever. Brother Bobby, Brother Bill, Brother Carl, Brother Andy, they've all, and those that stood behind this pulpit are telling you what the Word of God is saying unto you. Be hearers of the Word. Be hearers of the Word. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. On and on and on. The same thing as what Jesus is trying to do. He was saying, you've heard about it, but you're not living it. You know about it, but you're not walking it. You're talking it, but you're not walking it. There needs to be application. You need to be able to allow yourself to apply that legislative law to your daily walk. Live in God's will and not just talk it, but walk it. Now, I'm not trying to throw off on things. I'm not trying to be negative people. I know some things are different. I'm not trying to throw a dart at anybody or anything. 
You know, there's things that happen in people's past and in their past life that they've done that, you know, that's water under the bridge. And Brother Bill McQueen told me one time he was at an altar of prayer and asking God and going back and asking forgiveness. And a wise old saint to him said, do not go behind the blood of the cross that's been forgiven. Don't go there. You may have mistakes in your life. You may have been one of them orange, purple, green hair things. I'm not throwing at you. I'm not. I'm just saying we just need to think about our decisions and what we do. My hair, if you saw me when I was 13, you, would, you wouldn't continue to make fun of me today, tomorrow, and next week. It was so curly, it looked like a little Q-tip. In fact, my name was Q-tip. Isn't that a stupid name for somebody to call? But kids are just the cruelest people. Savannah, you're not allowed to use that. But as a member of Full Gospel Assembly, which I am, and as you, as members of Full Gospel Assembly, we must hold to the truth that remains and strengthen the strongholds. Let me say that again. As a member of Full Gospel Assembly, we must strengthen that which remains and not allow the stronghold to be torn down. As a member of Full Gospel Assembly, we must strengthen that which remains and not allow the stronghold to be torn down. As a member of Full Gospel Assembly, each one of us individually must remember those things. For those that sing on the pulpit, for those that stand behind the pulpit, for those that teach a class, for those that take any role of leadership, those that are trustees, whatever role in this church you may have, or you must be one that attends this church. For those that have signed their names on the book, we must strengthen those things which remain and not allow the stronghold to be torn down. Because the voices that are rampaging within this world today are trying to destroy us and tear us down and tell us that if things have changed. I'm telling you, they're not. And every one of those debates that was talked about and struggled about and worried about, every one of them is covered in here if they would just read the book. Every one of them were covered in here if they just read the book don't go on Google because you're going to get a different answer don't go out there I know it's good for information I know you can get a lot of data out of things you can find out how to get from this place to that place and you can find out where the nearest McDonald's is and the nearest restaurant and I know it can get you everywhere right left up and down back forth I know it has its use we use it at work I mean it's a necessary tool for a business to find things I'm not saying the internet's evil but the voices that are being predominant on there, watch out. As a young teacher in a Sunday school class when I was about 22, 23, 24, I was teaching those who would be considered youth, Sister Sue Ann. And they was ornery little kids, not that any of ours are. You know, they was ornery. They like to play jokes on me. They'd staple my Sunday school book to the pulpit in the basement and things, you know. They just love doing all that stuff. It's not an idea, Brooklyn. Don't do it to nobody. But, you know, one week I decided to teach everything false on purpose. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're good, yeah, yeah, you're good, yeah, yeah. And then I said, everything I've told you this whole class is a complete lie. And none of you knew it. None of you knew it. You need to know the word. Now, my voice may not matter to you at all. Okay? I may be someone that you don't view it even has the right to say this. I may be the one that you view and say, you know, DJ, you're, you're not. 
you know, you're not someone I look to as that person that should be taking these statements. You know, you're not, you're not someone I view as that position. You're not someone I would say should has the right to even say that. But the voices of the past, the voices of the past of full gospel assembly, the voices of the past are speaking to you today. I asked Sister, this couple within our church, to help me a little bit because I wasn't here at the very beginning. I wasn't here when things started. I wasn't here when you all built this building. I wasn't here when you all started from the beginning. So you may not feel I even have the right to talk about the foundation and the things that were built upon. You're right, I wasn't here. But the voices of the past that were speaking to you today. The brother James Pruitt speaks to you today. And I'm going to name some names here because I don't know everybody, so we're not trying to miss anybody on purpose. Don't get upset if we forget somebody, okay? Let's not, let's not go there. But a Howard and a Blanche Pruitt, foundational members. A Lloyd Pruitt. A Willard. A Norma Parker. Flora Cox. Howard and Myrtle Ball. Anna Ball. Ernie Ball. Brother and sister Swinford. Jack and Ruth Kirby, Bob and Bert Finch, remember Bert here, Bob and Francis Sims, you remember Francis, the lady who had the bent over back, that, that's her, Bob Holmes, Don Pugh, and, uh, and others that I could go on that have not left us, I mean I can think about the other, the trustees, the, the, the Durans, the Marshalls, the the, uh, the, the, the Destels and, all, and, the, and the White Huffs and, 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 and Bobby and, and all those guys that built the foundation and said, this is what Full Gospel Assembly is about. This is who we are. This is what we stand for. And the reason that I can say that is because I have here the official constitution of Full Gospel Assembly. The official, that means it's important. That means it matters, right? It's not unofficial, it's official. That means it matters. I have the official constitution of full gospel assembly. This states what we stand for. When you sign that book, you endorse this. When you sing that song in that pulpit, you endorse this. When you preach this gospel behind this desk, you endorse this. When you take that position, when you take that class, when you take that role, when you take that part, when you sit in this seat and you attend this church and you become part of this body, this is what we stand for. Man, it's quiet. First of all, first of all, first of all, and first of all, we are called full gospel assembly. Full gospel. We believe in the full gospel. From the end of the beginning to the final amen in the book of Revelation. It is not up, not for, not in debate. We believe God's word, and we'll get into that one a little bit further on. But we are a full gospel assembly from the front page to the back page and every page within. We stand for those things. That is who we are. It is not for debate. 
the pillars of this church and those that stood within this church that helped build that church from on, those that have passed on, the Brother Larrys, and I, I'm, their names escape me, but they used to come to every midweek service, the three gentlemen, the John and who was it, Bobby John and the two guys that sit with them, John Pickett and the two other gentlemen. They were, all those guys, the Myrtle, Myrtles and the Uncle Howards, the, I think he was related to Ryan up there, they all stood for this. They said, we're a full gospel church. That's where you're attending, and that's what we believe. If you didn't know it, we are a full gospel. And we are here to promote and to advance the word of God. We will not, nor do we want you to be swayed about with every wind of doctrine, every voice that speaks out. God's word this church stands behind. So first and foremost, and first of all, the first thing, the first article three here, it says, we believe the Bible to be the inspired word of God and that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. We believe the Bible is the inspired word of God and there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You may not care, like, or even want to have me stand up here. You may not even want me to be here. You may not want me behind this desk. You may not think I have the right. But the voices from the past, your family, your loved ones, those that built this church, said, we stand and believe the word of God. That's the truth. Article 1 of Section 3. Sound political there. I almost feel like I'm somebody now. I'm feeling like I can run for office. Amen, Savannah. Say it again. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that it is the inspired word of God. Romans 1.2 said it is the holy word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16, and I wrote it down this morning so I don't misquote it. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. We believe that. So if you're coming to this church, if you're attending this church, if you've come for your third time, this is what we're about. It's what we stand for. This is who we are. We're not going to talk about any social agendas. We're not going to be studying the promise-filled life. We're not going to be studying this person's book, this person's study guide. Those are great things. McCall, God bless her, when she did the woman's study, they were all filled and inspired and, and encouraged by that. God bless you, Sister McCall. They all love that. They studied Elisha, I believe. Still the Word of God. They did a study on that. Or our men's group, when we talk about things. Yeah, I know, it's hard, honey, but we're just going to keep hitting it. All right? Those are all good things. But from this pulpit, the KJV version, the old book, is going to be preached. That's who we are. Article 2. We believe in one God and three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We believe in one God and three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's who we're about, folks. And number three, we believe in salvation through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. We believe that souls can and will and need to be saved. We believe that souls can, will, and need to be saved. 
If your life is a muck, if your life is a mess, if you feel like the ups are down and the downs are up and the lefts are the right and the rights are the left and your life is completely in disarray and you're living the lost life and your mom and your dad are saying, my child's out and this and that and my child is doing that and I'm sorry I'm going to offend somebody, but your child's out there living in the world, acting like the world, not because they're your little sweet Johnny and Susie, they're lost. They need to be saved. Stop covering it up. You can love them all you want. They need to be saved. That rebellion heart within them needs to be cleansed and restored and come back to an altar of prayer, as Sister Shiloh saying this morning. Come to an altar of prayer and cry your heart out unto God and say, God, please forgive me, for I am lost. I'm lost. And there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Article 1. And I need to be saved. Article 3. And we believe that that happens only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Not through your effort. Not through your works. You may not want to hear me, but this is your all. This is, this is back before I was even here. You probably signed it, Brother Ken. Yeah, I see it right here. This is right here. Ken's problem right here. You probably were one of them, Ken. If I forgot your name, I apologize. I'm not trying to do... This is what they stood for. This is what those pillars of the past stood for. This is what those men and women of God, those saints of old, this is what they stood for. I remember coming on some Wednesdays and hearing that Brother John Pickett and those other men. Uh, it's, what's their names, Bobby? The two guys sent with John. Who? They, they, I heard the men on, on the midweek service crying out in the pews for the lost souls within this church. Praying for lost souls. Frank, yeah, Brother Frank, crying out for lost souls to be saved. We believe in baptism, water baptism by immersion in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. Here's number five. Y'all are going to like this one. We believe in the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. And those indwelled in the Christian life by the Holy Spirit are able to live a holy life. I'm going to read that again because that's pretty good. Whoever wrote this knew what they were talking about. We believe in the sanctifying power. Some of you young people, have you ever heard that word sanctify? It's in that book. We believe sanctification was almost another work of grace. Where you come out and die out to the old man and say, I want to be the new man. Old things are behind. I die out to this world, this world I'm crucified with Christ. I live for him and only for him. And we believe that the Holy Spirit within us will indwell the Christian believer and enable you to live a holy life. Too many people say, well, I just can't live. You can't. You're not going to be able to do it in your own power. You're not going to be able to do it in your own strength. But if you sell out to this Jesus Christ, I mean, the songs today were about Jesus, about being an anchor and Sister Sky saying, I will rise. He's a, all about when he is the foundation of your walk and your talk and your life. You can live this Christian life through his indwelling and through his spirit in you. But if you're out there on your own, you're an island and you're not going to live it. You're not going to make it. You're going to fall by the wayside in your own strength. Number six, y'all get ready for this. Hang on. I told you we're a full gospel church, right? 
We believe in baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the evidence of speaking in tongues and as it gives utterance. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So if you all come here and someone gets up and starts speaking in tongues, don't feel shocked. You're on our home base, baby. This is what we believe. Don't feel like you're offended. Oh, my goodness, what are they doing? We're full gospel assembly. If God gives a word to Sister Susie or Sister April or Sister Jeannie or whomever or whatever, it is of God, of for God and by God and of God, and we believe it and endorse it, and that's who we are. So we believe that and endorse that and stand for it. How many of you have sought God for that indwelling? You've signed up and you say you believe the church is that goes there and believes that and endorses that. Now don't think I've been drank the Kool-Aid my whole life. I come from a free will Baptist church and we did not believe that at all. We didn't. Nope, that was of the old. That went out with the church. That went out. That's gone. That's done. Came here. My wife said, we were out of church, as a matter of fact. I was preaching. I'll tell you all a little history. We've got about another hour or two. We was out of church. I was preaching one Sunday night. I didn't, and like I told you, I've never asked to do a message. I never have that I recall. I, if God be my witness, I don't recall. But we were going to this church, and Brother Doyle would say, Brother Don, won't you just come up and give us a word tonight? Won't you preach a message for us tonight? And it seemed like it been, happened every week or so. It seemed like it didn't, Ravondi. He tried to get Ravonda, but she wouldn't, you know. We were camping with Vondi and Connie this weekend, and I told him about the Sunday night services. I'm just feeling like it's a woman's night that maybe one of you ladies need to preach. And if God gives confirmation, there ain't confirmation here. You're on, you're on the wrong route there, buddy. Ain't no confirmation here. But we will be having church tonight, and this is another shocker. Can we start at 6 instead of 6.30, 6.20? Just an idea. 6 o'clock. But I came to this church, and Sister Bondi said, well, I want to try out that full gospel assembly. She had been down this road, and some of you may have heard the story from some of you. Don't please honor me for a few minutes. And she said, I want to go, let's go check out that full gospel assembly down there, love. It looks like a nice church. Oh, no, I don't want to go there. No, I don't want to go there. I played softball against those guys. I don't like any of them. They beat us, and I don't like none of them. We did beat you the second time. You all don't know this. We had a 21-game win streak down in Landmark, and you all broke it. It's all your fault. It's your fault. But we got you in the, we got you in the tournament, so it's an equal, equal. I don't know. I said, no, it wasn't that. I said, I don't want to go there. But my wife grew up in a Pentecostal church, and she wants to go back. And I said, okay, you win. So we came here, sit right back to where Susie and them are. And they were sitting. JB was sick that day when he had had some surgery way back eons ago. And Brother Tim was preaching. And, and, and I said, boy, it's kind of a nice church. I mean, the music I kind of get. They sing the type of music I grew up with. And, but I said, let's go back. And I said, Look, we came back on a Sunday night. And then we came back another week. And then, then JB came back and said, y'all sang? Mondi said, I do. And he preaches. <laughs> okay. I think, is that how she sounds, Savannah? Uh, just like that. And it's just like, no, no, no. You know, about a month later, Brother JB said, you know, you want to do it? He asked me, to, I said, okay. 
And we had some other conversations about some things, and he says, I'm okay. I, I got it. I know these things. We're good. They're okay. So we started coming here and coming here. I told Sister Sue, I'm using her too much today because I ain't allowed to use my wife. And I said, I don't know why God sent us here. You guys got plenty. She said, God didn't send you here for us. Maybe God sent you here for you. Tells it like it is. Told me the truth. But I was dealing with things and dealing with things. And then that guy come and did that revival, that Jerry Watkins. Oh, I hated that Jerry Watkins. Joking. That Jerry Watkins. I don't hate him. But I dreaded those Sunday night services of his closing and revival. Because he would never preach. He would just kind of talk about things. And all of a sudden, he always got around that topic of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's just like, I knew he was going to go there again. And I finally began reading God's word and said, well, what does God's word say about this? And I read Mark 1, 8 and John 1, 29. It says, Jesus says, I can't, Mark, I mean, John said, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And he will also baptize you in his spirit. I said, why am I only taking half of what God has offered me? Why am I only taking half of it? He said he'd give it all. So I came to an altar of prayer on a Sunday night, and you weren't here, Sue. You backslid that night. I don't know. <laughs> You're on vacation. But I came to an altar of prayer on Brother Watkins last night, and I stood right here. Right here. Brother JB was right here. And I said, and I looked him straight in the eye. I said, I want my wife to come and Brother Tim. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, you all think I'm kind of nice at times, right? <laughs> I looked him straight in the eye and I said, Brother Jerry, I don't want anything you have. But if anything of God wants me to have, I want it. And I'm open to it. And I want all God has. And that night, Article 6 became part of my life. Now, I don't have that gift to be used like others do. But that night, the Lord baptized me in his spirit by the evidence of speaking in tongues. And one Sunday, I don't remember Sister Connie, I was over here singing one Sunday, and I got about right here, and my belly started gurgling, wurgling, and feeling real. And right there, it, just, it came out like I couldn't stop it. And that's been the only time. So you, the same thing perhaps. We believe that. We believe in that. So if you're coming to this church, this is what you're standing for. Now, you have to work out your own salvation. You have to seek the Lord for his will in your life. I'm not trying to tell you that everyone has to do what I do or be what I am or do what this. You know, you seek it out in your own time just like I did. But read that passage in Mark and Brother and John, you might realize. Because full gospel assembly, we believe in the baptism of the Spirit. We believe in Holy Communion, Article 7. We believe in the redemption work of Christ on the cross provides the, uh, the provision for all of mankind. And updated as of 2015, we believe that Christian marriage is a sacred institution and ordained of God for the happiness of mankind and the propagation of the race. It is a spiritual and physical union of one man and one woman, one man and one woman, one man and one woman. And we believe it is the only legitimate relationship according to the holy word of God. I know you're hearing other voices. I know you're hearing other talk. I know you're hearing your young people saying to you, but things have changed, Mom. Things have changed, Dad. 
Papa, you're old. Things are different now. We don't believe it that way. We believe it this way. Well, I want to say, when did it say in here in the word that we believe is the word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit? When did it say in 2021, things can change now? Problem is, many don't read it. If I would have had 15,000 spare bucks, I looked it up. I was going to buy 300 KJV study Bibles and put them around this pulpit. And say, if you promise that you'll actually read it and study the word of God, here's a gift unto you from me. Vondi wouldn't let me spend 15000 I was ready to do it. I was ready. I was ready. I was ready. The word, she would have let me if it was the true word of God. See, you may not want to hear what DJ Daniels has to say. But these are the voices from your past and our past and the past that speak to us what full gospel assembly is about. Now, in the closing aspects of this message, see, you all thought it's been a long, long time. I'm almost done. In Matthew 7, verses 15 through 29, Jesus said, Beware of false prophets which will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You shall know them by their fruits, and you shall know that a good tree will bring forth good fruit, a corrupt tree will bring forth corrupt fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Verse 19, every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into fire. Verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Here's a tough part. This is the tough part, but I didn't write it. But he that does the will of my Father. Not everyone that cries, Jesus, Jesus, Lord, Lord, shall enter in, but he that does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say, but Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I sing a few songs in your name? Didn't I go to VBS? Didn't I serve on the board? Didn't I teach Sunday school? Didn't I do all these things? He says, depart. I never even knew you. I never knew you. The parable of the two builders is starting in verses 24 through 27 about having a solid foundation or building upon and remaining upon the pillars that are foundational to who we are and what we are. And it came to pass when Jesus ended these saying that people were astonished at his doctrine or his teachings. They had never heard it like that before. For he taught them as one having authority and not one as the religious community of the scribes and the Pharisees. So in summary, as to whoever's going to play tonight comes forward, we must beware because there are ravenous wolves out there to destroy each and every one of us. Like I said, I know some of us have had a past. I know some of us have done things. I know some of us have things within our life that we'd all like to forget. I'd like to forget a few things that I've done in my life. I'd like to forget a few mistakes. So like I said, if you had orange hair and purple hair or whatever, I ain't holding that against you. It's none of my business. It's all God. It's between you and God. You had purple hair, orange hair, whatever. That's you and God, okay? 
just make it a, I actually like blue a little bit more, a little blue hair. Between you and the Lord. But by our fruits we shall be known. Just like that little stump out in my front yard, it looked like it was alive, Sister Ruthie. It looked like it was there. In fact, it looked strong, but it was rotted within. There was no life, it was dead. It was a value of no one. It was hewn down and cast away and thrown into the fire. In fact, to our campfire, Sister Connie. And not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom, but he that does my will. Many will say, but many will never be known. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings and doth these sayings and builds upon these foundations shall be established on a solid foundation. Many were astonished at the words of Jesus. And perhaps today, many were shocked, offended, hurt, angered, bitter. Who's he think he is? What's he think he's doing? It's none of his business. It's not. It's none of my business. It's your business. And it's you and God's business. It's between you and God. I'm not your savior. I'm not your pastor. I'm not anything. I'm just a preacher that stands behind this desk and gives the word of God as he lays upon my heart. But your pastor endorsed this. Those of the old endorsed this. They stood for this. Brother J.B. Pruitt, whose name is still out on the board, stood for the word of God, the spirit of God, the baptism of the spirit, the foundation. He stood for that. You might not like me or even care a thing I say, but I know you all love Brother J.B. These are words of truth. And the voice of truth, as the young people sang today. So I ask you to look upon your own hearts and your own lives and say, yes, I attend full gospel assembly. I'm a member here. I've signed the book. I sing a song. I do this. I, you know, or, and I can only talk to the 200 that are here today. I can't speak to the other churches out there. I can only speak to those that are here today. But if you've allowed in your life things to become of doubt, if you've allowed the foundation to be shaken, if you've allowed the things that once remained that need to be strengthened, as is spoken about in the book of Revelation, if you've allowed yourself to become lukewarm, if you've allowed yourself to embrace the doctrines of Balaam, which means the religion for profit, or the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, false teachings, if you've allowed all these things to intertwine your life, I say this out of the most respect and honor and love and concern I can give. You are in danger. You are in danger. You are in danger. You're at the precipice of whether you're going to be lost or saved. You're at that decision moment whether you are going to be lost or saved. Whether there would be a heaven to gain or you might enter the hell which we wish to shun. I, I'm not your judge. I don't know anybody's hearts and minds and I don't know your inner spirit but God does but we believe the scripture and we're going to preach the word hard, straight and true what's going to happen I know brother Tim will I know I will I remember I spoke here on one of those first, first early Sunday nights when I was first preaching here and I gave it hard and true as I only knew what to do 
And I told, I said from this pulpit, I said, Brother JB, I'm so glad that you didn't cancel Sunday night service because of the Super Bowl. I want to go to a church where the Super Bowl isn't first. Okay? Somebody got mad at me because I said that. Well, you just don't know. There's some good things that happen. No, I don't want to go to church where they're throwing a Bible back and forth and selling seats and God. No, no. I want to go where Jesus is first. I, I do. You might not like me, but I do. I want to go where the word's preached. I want to go where salvation happens. I want to believe, see, where those that seek the Lord and the baptism of the Spirit. I want to see those that believe in salvation. I want to believe those that, that support the church that they go to. That stand for what that church stands for. That you believe in what we are and who we are and what we're going to be. We're getting old, folks. The next foundation is being built upon. The Shilohs. I remember when she was about this big. A beautiful singer. The sky and promise. I remember when I first came here, JB would have you all up. You're about that big and now you're still about that big. And promise is up here now. You're a little bit bigger, I'm sorry. You know, but I remember Brother JB having them up here every Sunday night. And now we got the McKenzie's and the Isabel's and all. They need a solid foundation built for them to survive. We got to stand that the scripture matters, that the spirit of God matters and salvation happens. We owe that to them just as the JB's and the, the Bob Finches and the Burt's and all them gave it to us. We got to hang in, hold on, and hold fast. You may not think it matters. You may not care what I have to say. But hear what the Spirit of the Lord says unto the church. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Brother Matthew, sing what God's laid upon your heart. Let's stand if you need to come to an altar prayer this morning. We would love to pray with you. See, that's another thing we do down here. We believe in an altar call. We believe in prayer. We believe in coming to an altar of prayer and pouring your heart out to God and brothers and saints and sisters praying with you and endorsing what God has laid upon your heart till you pray through. God bless you, Brother Matt. Sing what's on your heart, brother. All to Jesus I surrender All to Him I freely give So oh. 